We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. This is the show where we go over yesterday's slate a little bit. It was a big game. It was big, big, big slate yesterday. And uh, talk a little bit about today's slate. Mostly DFS strategy, right? It's 11 in the morning. We don't have no idea what's going on. What's the weather? What the Who's pitching for who sometimes? What the lineups are? So if you've got questions... I got answers. So hit that thumbs up button. I see you in the YouTube chat. I got my apple juice here. It's cold. It's nice and cold, refrigerated. So hit those thumbs up buttons. Dip, thumb, 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 thumb. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Frederick Duke, Tim Williams, Matt Mears, Doug Montgomery, Tony P, Suki Singh, Brandon Neal, Chandler Cadden, Michael Dompier, right? It has to start with the, the the most pressing thing, because you're in, if you're into DFS, you're probably into something else also. Michael Dompia says before we get started, does you would have a link for to the rebate for Bitcoin? Didn't want to, didn't what? Didn't people say it would only go up? Bitcoin could only go up, right? Nope, nope. I don't have any Bitcoin, so I can't say anything about it. So whatever. But yeah, so maybe there'll be more people in the DFS lobbies now. It's like oh, or or everyone's broke. Or everyone's broke. That's what you get from putting too much into one asset. But whatever. Okay, so yesterday. Yesterday, pretty much, if you slam the chalk, you won. <laughs> pretty much, it's a 14-game slate. If you played the two chalkiest pitchers and the chalkiest team, you won. It's just, it just uh, that's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes the best plays just all get there. Right? We had yesterday... Uh, we had turned Turnbull put pitched a no hitter against the Mariners, but like I don't barely anyone had him. I would have played if I played DraftKings. I would have played him as an SP two. Uh, he didn't project. He didn't project that badly. 
I mean, Turnbull was what three percent owned on DraftKings with fifty-one points. Now I played uh, I played uh, GPPs on FanDuel, where having a cheap pitcher doesn't I mean doesn't do you much, right? Turnbull I, I could have played right, but I mean mostly with Snell, Wheeler, Heaney, Woodruff, Urias, Lynn, because the pricing on FanDuel like it, it's almost playing playing six K pitchers is almost unnecessary. Unless they could drastically outscore the, the more expensive, better pitchers, which Turnbull did yesterday against uh, against the Mariners, which apparently every two weeks the Mariners just get no hit, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but but Snell did well, uh, about thirty points. Wheeler did well, thirty points. Heaney got killed. Okay, so that SP two was gone. Woodruff didn't get that many strikeouts. So he didn't, he didn't get there for his price at 22% own. Urias got there at 30, 30 points. I mean, pretty much. I mean, other than like Heaney and Woodruff, which were the two pitchers I was low on, I played I played a lot of Wheeler on, on FanDuel. And I played Snell also. Uh, Lynn didn't get there, I guess, 9.9, because he only had two strikeouts. Uh, but it's like the chalk pitching combination. And, and most, most of the sharper players played... Played more scoring patrol went a little bit contrarian at pitcher. Played more Woodruff, Urias. Played double, you know, two 10K pitchers. Tyon, who didn't get there. Nope. Javier, 21.9. And on this slate, didn't do anything. But when it comes to the to the stacks, I mean, essentially, I mean, look, Sneeler, uh, Sneeler. Wheeler and Snell, 37, 32% owned. And then look, look at the stack. Tampa Bay, number one, it was the top projected stack, and they were underpriced. You had Low, 17%, Choi, 17%, Rosarinas, 15%, Zanino, double dong, 11, 12%. Adamas at shortstop got nine points, 9%. Brett, Brett Phillips was the was the was the key, right? We see we see Forsaken here, right? His his winning lineup had a zero in it, right? Two two thirteen point six five, Zanino's double dog, Choi's dong, Edmonds thirteen, Wendell's eighteen because he had like a triple. Grichuk had a dong, Meadows had a dong, Brett Phillips had a dong. I mean, look, I mean it's a pretty chalky lineup. I mean the the difference is is that playing the chalk stack but playing the three percent owned guy as part of it. Brett Phillips was the key to the the Tampa Bay stack, rather than playing. And playing Wendell at shortstop instead of playing Adamas. And Wendell was still 7% owned. We look at Giant Squid underneath here. This was a Toronto stack, right? Toronto would, I mean, really the combination was mostly uh, Rays, Jays, Rays, Jays for the most part. But he was a Toronto stack. But he also had Turnbull. So here we have Giant Squid that almost got there with the, the Turnbull no hitter. The Toronto stack with, I mean, they, they, Toronto did pretty well. Odor won, Odor and Andujar, a two man in the Zunino. You pretty much needed Zunino. The two home runs at the catcher position. Ian NJ uh, 300 right here. Tampa stack with Brett Phillips. <coughs> Otani, just any second baseman pretty much. Freeman who had a home run. Wheeler Snell. Nerdy Tenor over here. Toronto. This looks like a Toronto. This is this is all over the place. One, two, three. Yeah, this is this is not even a stack. This nerdy tenor is just, just whatever. Dalton Vort Varsho. It's nothing up over here. Snell, Turnbull, and a 
three man Toronto and then a bunch of crap. So I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Okay. Jay Blake, the King Wheeler Turnbull and a Tampa five, three Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. And Philly didn't really get, get there as much. And he had a Rosarina instead of Phillips. It was, it was <coughs> five times his own. <coughs> and Brendan Lowe wasn't necessary in that stack either. So it's not like even like the full stack was even necessary, but it was the best performing stack. Forsaken's other lineup down here in 10th was an Oakland stack. An Oakland. This is with Turnbull. Okay, that's how that's how this stack, that's how this got to 10th place. Loriano had a double dong, right? So they, there you go. But everything else was kind of, eh, I mean, no, no, Zunino, no, no Zunino, and you, you ain't getting there. Giant squid down over here. Still another Toronto stack. Two Tampa Bay and a VR home run with Turnbull. Right. You needed, you either needed, you needed Phillips in the, your race stack or you needed Turnbull and then something else yesterday. But it's one of those days. It's a 14 game slate and the, and the chalk, the chalk team hits and then that's that's just the way it goes on FanDuel on my lineups I I play I, I still played Rays but I played way way less of them and I barely played Meadows other than in Rays stacks because Meadows I mean Meadows was I mean look 27% on on a 14 game slate of course he's underpriced he probably he should be 4,800 not 3,800 still it's a hitter on, Fa- on FanDuel let's let's take a look at this ownership because I, I can't relate to DraftKings because I played on FanDuel. But uh, yesterday I, pl- I played a lot, of, a lot of Toronto. I played a lot of Boston. Boston didn't get there, right? Xander and J.D. Martinez, they were under-owned. On FanDuel, they were under-owned. Toronto was owned on FanDuel. The Rays, the Rays and Jays were, were, were chalky. I mean, the Rays were chalky for sure. But the Jays, Jays were all double-digit owned. Other than Danny Jansen, he was like 3%. He was in my best line. That didn't get there. Who else was? Let me take a look at my Philly, the Mets, the Tigers. Yeah, I played a little bit of the Tigers. The Yankees. I played more of the Yankees on FanDuel. I think the Yankees were under the underowned on FanDuel because of the Rays ownership. So playing Judge, playing Odor, playing well, who? Who else? Uh, Ursula, Lemayhu. Typically, the, the Yankees are over-owned on FanDuel, but yesterday they were they were a little bit under-owned for their potential. But some, but sometimes, hey, it's a 14-game slate. Typically, you say, a 14-game slate, how do you play the chalk? How, how, how do you build so many chalk lineups with 17% owned you know, stacks in general? When, look, it drops off dramatically. I mean, from a stack perspective, you have some guys that are 17, 17, 15, 12, because even Toronto wasn't like even close. I mean, Tiasco was nine, Bichette was ten, Guerrero was eight. So yeah, I mean, they were like the second most on stack. But it's like it drops off, and you get tons of these like five, four, four percent, five percent, three percent on a fourteen game slate. Typically, there's twenty eight teams that could get there. Now, yeah, Tampa Bay had the highest percentage winning percentage. But was it this high? Probably not. Probably not. So, like, I'll do this every time. I have no problem. You know, if you if you X'd out the Rays completely, I don't think I don't think you did anything wrong yesterday. 
And if you played them, I don't think you did anything wrong. You can still make lineups with them. You don't have to X them out. I wouldn't. Have, I would not have played Austin Meadows as a one-off. But I mean, you would have got burned, right? <laughs> I mean, you would have gotten burned anyway when he hit that three-run home run. I'm like, oh, good. But they, do they just know when they're chalk? Aaron Judge does that also. Aaron Judge, 38%. First at bat, bomb. And it doesn't mean I have none of them. It's just that I don't have much. But sometimes it happens. Sometimes if you're a contrarian player, if you're a contrarian player, you did not do well yesterday. Okay. The chalk pitcher combination got there and the chalk stack and the chalk one off. So if you played one lineup and it didn't have any of them and you lost, okay, fine. That's, that's, that's baseball. That's, that's DFS. We move on to the next day. That's just what happens. Michael Dompier asked strategy question on Slate IQ. Per Slate IQ last night, RG simulations had most likely winning pitcher combo was stud scrub. You, you can't go by that. Everything on Slate IQ, which is a premium tool on Roto Grinders. Michael, everything on Slate IQ is going to look the same other than the team stacks. Everything's going to look the same, it's, uh, depending on slate size. So if you if you pull up a slate IQ for a four or five game slate, it'll give you virtually the same numbers as any other four or five game slate. If it's a 12, 14 game slate, it's going to, all of those other picture combinations, stack combinations, chalk line, all that, all that other stuff is going to look the same regardless of who's on the slate. It's going to look that way no matter what, other than the team stacking section. So I don't even care about anything else other than the team stacking section. And the most likely winning pitching combination in general is typically stud scrub on DraftKings. Typically. Based on past, based on, remember, this is a simulation based on results DB, the database we have of all the DraftKings slates. That's primarily because a stud pitcher could put up a very high ceiling, 40 points. And one of the scrub pitchers, one of the 6K, 7K level pitchers, could have a 30-point game, 25-point, 30-point game. You combine that, and now you're able to pay up for bats that have a 10-run you know, ceiling. That, ten, that tends to be, on most large slates, the way to go from, from a, a construction perspective, taking not, nothing else into account. But remember, there, there are plenty of, plenty of slates in the, in the database that, you know, don't have $2,600 hitters that shouldn't be there, right? That don't have pitchers that even an eight, like even like Snell probably should have been a, a thousand more. DraftKings pricing used to be much tighter than it is now. So when it's tight, maybe that, that makes much more sense. Just like when, when the pitching, when the, when the pricing is tight, it's very hard to make double stud lineups. So the only way to make double stud lineups is by playing like garbage vomit stacks. And that's what I used to do in the past. But now it, you, you can make double stud lineups without using a vomit stack. So then what's the purpose of the vomit stacks now? So you really got to involve until, until, unless when DraftKings starts tightening their pricing, starts raising that salary floor on the bottom. Like a lot of the stuff that, you know, oh, would have won, in simulations three years ago, doesn't necessarily apply now. It's, it's kind of hard to build a stud scrub pitching lineup 
and then still play like Austin Meadows. I mean, like you're leaving money on the table. Like if you played Turnbull, right. If you played, if you played Snell and Turnbull, played Wheeler and Turnbull and, and Meadows, it's like, well, you're playing the Braves, I guess. I mean, you're playing some expensive stack because you could have, you could afford anything you wanted that point. Well, because there there are batters that are under three K that are just too cheap. That shouldn't be twenty four hundred dollar batters. And now we have tons of them. It used to be, it used to be every once in a while, right? Oh, Josh Van Meter's in the lineup and he's twenty two hundred. Oh, okay, right. And it's like one hitter on the slate. It's like, oh, okay, they mispriced uh, Justin Upton is back from injury. He's twenty six hundred, and eventually he gets back up to thirty eight hundred. And it's like there's one guy or two guys, or maybe it's on it's the eighth hitter on the Pirates, and no one cares, right? Something like that, twenty two hundred, and no one cares. But now, now we're seeing. I mean, we could take a look at today's slate. If I just go by bat projections and go to the hitter and just go to point per dollar, which will give me those cheapies, right? Yoshi's projected to be in the lineup for the Dodgers at twenty two hundred. Taylor Ward leading off. For the Angels at 2,500. Mazzara against Gilbert batting fifth, 2,400. Robles is always cheap, right? Josh Bell is 3,500. Tim LaCastro batting second against Kershaw. Not saying you'd necessarily play him against Kershaw, but he's only 2,300. Miggy's 2,400 batting cleanup. Starling Castro and Kiki Hernandez are 3,300 each, and they probably should be 4,000. Upton's under 3K. Dylan Moore batting fifth against Scooble. 2,700, Pujols, say whatever you want, but he still has power, 2,500. I don't barely know who Khalil Lee is, but he's min price. Kyle Lewis, Avisel Garcia, they're 3,200. You could build, I mean, you have, you have so many of these types of guys. In the past, like that, there would be like three guys like that. Be like, and it, it's not even the greatest. You'd be like, I, I Nomar Mazzara, I guess. Right, it would be something like that, but now you have way too many options, and that that means you could build higher price pitcher lineups. You could build either you're using these guys as a one off, or you're using it as part of a stack, which then allows you to pay up for another one off. Or, I mean, it just it it gives you it gives less of a need. I mean, obviously, you could just avoid a lot of these guys in in general, but I mean, there's just so many that you could. Okay, they're none of these guys are going to be that owned. I mean, Meadows yesterday. Maybe Taylor Ward today. Is that going to happen today? I don't know. Like, when we used to be just like one of these guys. It's like, oh, okay, that guy's going to be 30% owned because he's the salary saver and that's it. Now these guys, now like the, across the board, like this whole, this whole section is going to be, you know, 60% owned in total. But it's all going to go to different guys, go to d- different people. But a lot, but that that it makes the pitching ownership go up. Like Logan Gilbert, for instance, on today's slate, forty seven hundred on DraftKings facing Detroit. Okay, he didn't have the bad the best start, but he didn't have the worst start. He gave up two home runs, but he didn't walk anyone, and he struck out five against Cleveland. And he's going to pitch, and he's not. It's not like he's going to pitch fifty pitches. He's going to. He, he's a rookie. He's. I don't know if he goes a hundred, but. He's a starting pitcher. He's 4,700 against the Tigers. And it's almost, he's almost unusable. Right? Let's, let's say you play Kershaw, the highest price pitcher, and Gilbert, 
and then just let's see what shows up. Get the wash. You get a Washington stack. Yelich, Zoto, Turner. Look, you're leaving three hundred on the table, and you're still getting you're getting Kiki Hernandez, Zunino. You're getting a Washington stack right now. But you're paying Yelich is here. He's forty six hundred. Like, like look how many lineups you could. I could probably X out Washington and still get another. I could play any stack I want. Kershaw Gilbert, but take a look at this lineup. It has Soto, it has Yelich, it has Turner as like payups. Now let's say I take out Gilbert and instead of playing Kershaw, let's say I play Flaherty Kershaw or something. Okay. I'm still kind of getting, now I can't get Soto and no Yelich, but the lineup doesn't look that bad, right? Kyle Lewis, Upton, Narvaez a catcher. Okay. I mean, the, this still has power in it. Still, you have Kiki here as a salary saver. So you basically you're, you're you're giving up Soto and Yelich, which is I mean that that's that's a lot to give up. But it's not like you're getting garbage guys. Kyle Lewis could hit a home run, and Up to get hit a home run, and Narvaez could hit a home run. These aren't slap hitters or anything. And look, you're paying up like practically twice. And if you pay down. Like, let's say you play a lot of, like, Gilbert and Otani. And Otani isn't even that cheap. He's 7,400. He's cheaper. Or let's say you play Tarek Skubal. Now, you wouldn't play them against each other, but let's see. Otani. You put Otani there. They press it. I mean, you, 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 you're playing up everywhere. I mean, you're playing Jose Ramirez at 6,200 at third base. You're probably overpaying for Gomes. He's in your Washington stack. You have Yelich and Soto. It's like... So how do you pay down twice? It's kind of hard to do because like just the pricing of the bats are such that you, you don't even need to. So people are, lo- people are looking for these, these different roster constructions. And I talk, and me and Eric Vineford talked about it on the Theory of DFS podcast. If you want to subscribe to that on iTunes, just talking about how, how the pricing of DraftKings is leading to very similar roster constructions. And if you use an optimizer like Lineup HQ, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna optimize for obviously the median fantasy points because that's what it does. But baseball isn't a game of medians; it's a game of ceilings. Medians don't mean I mean people don't have normal distributions in baseball. Pitchers maybe, but not batters. So if you're gonna use Lineup HQ, it's gonna it's gonna lead you towards those types of constructions. It's gonna lead you towards jamming in these Yoshi, Taylor, Nomar Mazzara, Josh Bell, Tim LaCastro, whoever, whoever's here. You're going to get, you're going to get uh, at second base, you're going to get, uh, you're going to build a hundred lineups and you get uh, 68 lineups with Kiki Hernandez as a one-off second baseman, not even a Boston stack, a one-off second baseman. And then they get, and then these guys are going to be over-owned like that. So you, you basically you have to try to construct against that. Those types of lineups are going to be overowned. Now, yesterday, obviously, yesterday got there. Yesterday got there no matter what, right? Right? If you just jammed, you just jammed in the chalk, you got there. They would have gotten there. But it's much harder to win that way. But that's what that's what I'm seeing. That's that's what I do every day when I'm building lineups, depending on the site that I'm playing. Like today, I'm playing on FanDuel again until. So DraftKings has, has, I don't want to pay for $18 an entry or into the 50K GPP. 
I mean, the payout structure on DraftKings is better than FanDuel, but not that much better. FanDuel's horrible. But if it's four or five bucks an entry into that, okay, I'm fine. I'll play a bunch of lineups. $18 an entry, I'm not, I'm not, I ain't playing $2,000 worth of GPP entries. Not to that type of contest. I'd rather just play like four entries into the 250 format to the 555 or something like that, if I'm going to do that. Let's go through the YouTube chat. Uh, Dan Janning asks, do you think DraftKings will eventually change how they do the payout structure for MLB contests? Because right now they suck. No. They, as long as it fills, it'll continue. That's that's essentially what it is. I've, I've, for five years, I've been saying flatter payouts, flatter payouts, flatter payouts. Then they do flatter payouts and then people don't want to play them. They fill, they don't fill. Because people are stupid. People are dumb. People look at the first place prize and that's it. 50000 at first, I'm in. They don't realize sixth place is $1,000. Right? Unsustainable payout structures. Where essentially becomes, if you don't get in the top five, top three, you're losing in the long run. But then you make it flatter. You go, okay, let's make it 20 to first. And fifteen to second, and twelve five to third, and ten thousand to fourth, and then that, and then it doesn't fill. Oh, twenty thousand to first. Oh, I'll, I'll sit it out. Hundred thousand to hundred thousand to first. That fills immediately because people are stupid. So they're not. What well, I can't blame the company. Whatever fills and makes them more money. They're a company. That's the. What else are they going to do? And anytime they try anything differently, they lower it, then they flatten it. It, it doesn't, they make less. So we could say all we want that we would rather have a flatter payout structure, but that's it. your wallet speaks, speaks for itself. Chandler Cannon, as long as your lineups are constructed the way you want, there's really no reason to use minimum salary at all because lineup HQ uses as much as it can anyway because better projected players tend to be obviously more expensive. Yes. It also depends on the on on the stack constructions that you're making. So remember, like if you're trying to get like 10% of one team and 10% of another team and 10%, like let's say, let's say on today's slate, you wanted to, to play a 5-3 lineup. Let, let's 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 do that. You wanted to play a 5-3 lineup of uh Detroit and Pittsburgh. Like just use the two extreme examples. Like you your minimum salary, you're going to be leaving a ton of money on the table. I mean, look, look at, let's, let's build that lineup. I mean, can we uh, put the salary all the way down to whatever? New players, a hundred lineups. Let's go to, let's, let's build Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Detroit, which is like the two like cheapest teams. Not saying that they're going to be great lineups, but. Let's say let's say you wanted a combination of that, and you wanted to build five three. I mean, you're gonna have you, you're, some of these lineups are gonna be. I mean, how do you, how do you spend any of your money? So I'm gonna just stop it here. Right, forty six five. That's the highest projected lineup. Forty six five. You're leaving thirty five hundred on the table, and you're playing Scherzer and Kershaw together. So you're playing the two most expensive pitchers and you still have to leave 3,500 on the table just to get this combination. 
So if you're using lineup HQ and you're trying to make weird combinations like that, you need to lower the minimum salary. You just you're not going to get them. You what are you going to do? Is you're going to start complaining? Go, oh, lineup HQ is broken. I'm not getting enough of the Pirates or the Tigers, and I'm not getting them together because you probably you probably have the min salary set at like forty nine thousand or something. If you want these combos, now obviously these lineups don't even project don't project that well, right? I mean, you're playing five three Pirates. Tigers. But what a lot of people do is they go into lineup HQ, they build five threes, which gives no room for leeway. There's no one-offs or anything. And they go and let's say they like how many teams are on this slate? Let's say I want I want a little bit of everyone, right? They do something like this. They, what are we doing? Eight? No, let's go six. So how many teams are on this slate? Okay. Five, four, right? They want a little bit of everything, right? We're going to just do a little bit of everything. I want a little bit of everything, 4% of everyone, right? I'm not saying you should do this. Now it's going to try to make all these combinations. And and without a minimum, without a minimum, it can't make a lot of it. If you set the minimum here to like 49.5, like you'll like, you'll, even though it says 4%, you ain't getting the Pirates, Tigers, combination you ain't getting that right so you do this you build 100 lineups let's let's see what happens it's going to try to build what four lineups of each and try to intermix them as much as possible let's see let's 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 see what let's see what comes out right typically you're not playing every stack exactly equal and every other stack as a secondary and a five three exactly equal let's 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 see what happens but we'll see that certain combinations are just not going to be made. And definitely, if you leave the minimum salary, if you put the minimum salary up to 49.5 or something, like you're going to be like, why can't I get any Tigers? Because it's just, they can't spend the money. Let's see. YouTube chat time. Daniel Hutchings makes a good point. I think the people who like the high variance, high payout structures are also likely to have worse lineups. So that's a trade-off. I don't know. I just, to me, it seems like if you're the type of person that's not playing a hundred lineups, right? You're the type of person that's going to build one lineup or three lineups or five lineups or something and play it in the large field stuff. So let's say it's a $10 entry, right? And you're going to play one lineup. That's 10 bucks, three lineups, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, five, five entries, maybe. If you're a casual average, whatever, if it's 20,000 to first place, like that's great. What's going to, am I going to significantly feel different winning 20,000 than I would winning 50,000? Emotionally, like, the, the, oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to play $30 worth of lineups to try to win 20 grand. Like to me, 20 grand or 50 grand, what, what would be, what, what's the, what's the big difference? Still a lot of money for a little bit of amount, amount of money. And what's the difference between 50,000 and 100,000? It's still, you're spending 40 bucks. That's what I don't understand. But I mean, that, but that's me. I, if you're playing a lot of money, okay, then maybe I get it. But I mean, if you're playing just a little, I'm going to play an $8 lineup to try to win 20,000. It sounds like a pretty good deal to me. But someone like that is going to be like, uh, $8 to win 50,000, I'll do that. But $8 to win 20,000, just not enough for me. Like, I, I, I just don't see the difference between the two. 
So let's let's see what this what it comes up with here. So I look at the the, the combo summary right here five three. Oh, we get a decent amount of combos. We get a lot of Pittsburgh Washington combinations. It actually gives you a decent amount of combos. We look at the salary low to high. In order, look forty two five. Look at that. Left we'll seventy five hundred on the table. In order to give you Flaherty Gilbert combination with uh, with the Royals stack and the A's, right? He's forty three four with the Yankees. And the Yankees are pretty expensive, but has Logan Gilbert in here. Yankees Rangers. There's another Yankees Rangers forty four five. Mariners Mets forty five two. Like, look how many lineups leave tons of money on the table. In order to even get these combinations. There's an Orioles stack leaving 2,100. Morton Flaherty, Orioles, and three and three Cardinals. Now, if we take a look at the, the median projection of these lineups, like the top one here is 120.78. Washington, Seattle, Morton Flaherty. The back projections as of 10.34 a.m. 120 is the highest, 86 is the lowest. So, like, maybe you're not playing these lines, right? Playing uh, three-man Marlins, five-man Diamondbacks against Kershaw? I mean, you can, but probably not. But this is what happens when you try to get a little bit of everything. It's going to try to pair together as many of these with as many of the other ones, and these lineups are... These lineups project poorly. The ownership on this lineup is going to be low as hell, but it's also like it's 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 very 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 low win probability. You probably look at some of these and you go, maybe not, right? Braves Tigers, Otani Flaherty, like even this isn't that bad. Ozuna Swanson Albies, like it's hard to play the Tiger. You're not playing like bad Tigers. You're playing Grossman, Candelario, Badu. Yeah, but here, here, look at this. Like, then you get this. The Mar- the Marlins against Flaherty and the Pirates. Like, just some of these lineups, it's like, well, if you want that combination, fine, but you need to drop your min salary. Here's a 50,000 lineup that's not all that great projected, but still, a, well, we're, we're projected Tellus is in the lineup. Means Morton. A stack. Tellus, Bichette, Hernandez. Now, this is with the 5-3. If we move this to five two one, we'd see these these gaps close up. Like we wouldn't see these lineups as much because it's not locking in all of the spots to those combinations. And this this is obviously we're doing this test as if you're playing like every stack on the slate, which you're not, and, and you're playing them evenly. So let's say we go to five two. See when you go to five two, that one off now instead of in this lineup. Right, we'd look at like that that weird lineup. Right, you take a mag. Look, look, you're, you're leaving three thousand on the table, and you're playing Magnus Sierra at twenty six hundred because you need a third Marlin. But Magnus Sierra now you could with a five two one. This instead of playing Sierra, you're playing Juan Soto. Right, you're play, you're play, you're 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 playing Bryce Harper. You're playing well, Trout's out. You're playing you're you're playing a high price hitter, a good hitter, Judge. Like that. And that'll raise the projection. So let's build a hundred lineups with five two like this. We're less likely to see these lineups that are low projected like this. 
This is cause and effect. Like thinking, just think logically in your head. This isn't, you don't need to, you don't need to make some big math problem in order to figure out like, if I do this, what should happen? What logically should happen? Based on the projections we have, obviously we're jamming in a lot of, a lot of nationals. Kiki Hernandez. But remember, these are all for five threes. And it's trying to get in as many people as possible. Once we open it up to five, two, one, I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of Starling Castro one-offs, Josh Bell one-offs, uh, Kiki Hernandez one-offs, Taylor Ward one-offs. Like th- those guys are going to start going to the moon because they have great point per dollar value as a median, not necessarily the ceiling worth their ownership. Do, 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 do. Chandler Cadden asks, do you tend to research with 5X or all stacks? Or to, all five men on DraftKings. Typically I'm, not, typically, I'm not playing four-man stacks on DraftKings. Typically, it's five men. But it's a smaller slate. Then, then you look into four threes. You look at some of the smaller stuff. Let's see. Come on. Build these lineups. Yeah, it's going to take, take a while because uh, I'm trying to get... Four percent, four percent, four percent. I'm trying to. I'm telling it to like try to try to do everything. You you would not build this way. This is yes. I know. I I tend to play a very diversified set of lineups with a bunch of stacks, but I'm not, I'm not playing every team. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to do this. I'm not. I want four percent of everyone. Like I I don't do this. I want to make sure every team goes with every other team. And then you can't lose. You can't possibly lose. No, of course you can't. More likely to lose, actually. Okay, let's see what, what it looks like. Yeah, here we go. Josh Bell, Juan Soto, Kiki Hernandez, Starlin Castro. Right, we're getting a lot of them as one-offs, right? So we have the top projected lineup with Zunino one-off at catcher. 121.12. So what's the lowest projected lineup out of 100? 97. Okay, we're getting rid of those 88s and whatever. So the lowest projected lineup is Scherzer is double stud, Pirates five man, Trey Turner one a Trey Turner one off, and then you have Hedges and Hernandez as the two man. But with the five two one, you get the Trey Turner here, rather than who then what Ahmed Rosario or whoever shortstop for the Indians. Which we'll put, and this is still only spending 46.3. Here's a Diamondbacks stack with Stallings and Reynolds, but now you, you have Juan Soto as the one off. Right? So you get a lot of Juan Soto one offs. You have access to have a better hitter rather than force that third guy, unless you're willing to play these types of lineups. Now, when you do 5X, 5 1 1 1, you give yourself even more options. So you're less likely to even have, like here's the lowest projected lineup, 92, 97.12. And it leaves a ton of money on the table also, right? Not many under a hundred. So let's go to, let's go now to 5X. And 5X means five and doesn't mean it has to be one, one, one. It doesn't prevent it from being a three-man. It's just whatever it is. So it's one, one, one. It could be two. It could be three. It could be whatever. 
There's no restriction on the teams. So if I tried doing this now with the 5X, most likely I'm not going to have those types of those types of lineups. Because what's going to happen here, we take a look at the lowest projected lineup. Or we just had it on. Let's go back to the lowest projected lineup. Now imagine, now it's trying to fit two of a team in because I'm doing five, two, one. Well, now it has the opportunity. I have tons of salary. Instead of playing hedges here, it plays the high price catcher. Instead of playing Cesar Hernandez at 4,100, it plays the high price second baseman, right? Or switches a, something, switches a pirate around. So, you know, another pirate is in the catcher. Stallings is here, and now you're paying up for Soto or whoever. So I want to build 100 lineups that are 5X now. But this is what this is not research. This is not what I would do. I'm just show, I'm just showing you the functionality of lineup HQ and why the logical differences between the stack types. These are things that people make mistakes with when they use optimizers. Oh, I'm going to play 100% 5-3 and I want 12% of this and 8% of that or whatever. And then they look and they're like, how come I, how come I have like, how come about a third of my lineups are garbage? It's like, well, you garbage in, garbage out. You told it that's what you wanted. Or they or they have such constrictions on it that they're not even getting the combos that they want to get. Oh, well, I want 12% of this and 12% of that, but they're never together. It's like, well, there's some type of mathematically can't do it. Okay, so I built with 5X now, and now we're getting even more Soto one-offs. Kiki Hernandez one-offs, Starlin Castro one-offs, Zunino one-offs, Yelich one-offs. Right? So we go to low, low fantasy points. Look, 102, right? Now you get, now you don't even have any that are under 100. Because the lowest lineup is right now Kershaw Flaherty with a Braves five man. And then it's just jamming in cheap guys, right? Jose Roas, Kelvin Gutierrez, and Dovar Bazaro. You're going to see this a lot, this type of lineup where it's jamming in Taylor Ward, Zanino, right? If we go to even go to the higher, projected ones. It's just Luis Torres, Kiki Hernandez, Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward, Kiki Hernandez, Kiki Hernandez, Justin Upton. Kiki Hernandez, Christian Yelich. I mean, look, you're getting a plenty of Gutierrez even. So if you just left it like that, you're just going to, you're going to get a ton. Like Kiki Hernandez may be over-owned on this slate because we take a look at second base. Like, it's it's pretty much punting, right? But then what would happen now? Be like, well, Kiki Hernandez may be over-owned. Let's say I only play 10% of him. Now what happens? Now I'm going to get more of these guys, right? You're going to look and see here. You go, wow, second base is a wasteland today. But do I want 50? Do I want Kiki Hernandez as a one-off in like half of my lineups? No. Maybe I don't. Maybe... Hey, if he's 3% down, sure. Okay, fine. But most likely he's not going to be. So maybe you cap him at 10%. You go under the field. You use him less as a one-off. You Or maybe you, you can even use the old stacks. Like, let's say, instead of even putting a percentage there, let's say you don't want to use Kiki Hernandez in anything other than Boston stacks. You just don't want him as a one-off. You don't only in stacks. So you can do that. See, Kiki Hernandez, you go right there. There you go. You don't have to set an exposure. You don't have to do anything. Just go, I think he's going to be so owned as a one-off. I don't want him. Right? 
doesn't mean you have to do that. But let's say you did that. So he's only going to appear in Boston sex. So whatever exposure, it, it, whatever he comes out, if he comes out 8%, that means that those are your Boston, those are Boston stuffs, right? So let's build, let's build 40 to make it. I don't know how I was going to build 40 liners with 4% of whatever. Makes it even harder. And we'll see here that your Kiki Hernandez, which is going to go way down. Like, where is he? Where'd he go? He's in one lineup, right? He's in the one Boston stack. So what's going on at second base then? Well, you can, now you're getting all the Dylan Moore. Oh, now you're getting all the Dylan Moore. You're like, I don't want all the Dylan Moore, right? So you put him at 10%. You build again. Let's see what happens. He probably, some one of these other guys is, is, rises to the top. Right, whoever has the better point per dollar projection is just going to shoot through the roof. Right? There we go, 40. Let's go to second base now. Now we're getting, we're just getting a lot more Boston stacks. Then now it's going to, oh, you know what? Dylan Moore, I'm just going to give you more Boston stacks. Right? So the cause and effect. I'm showing the cause and effect. Do you decide to not play Kiki Hernandez as the one? No, that, that's up to you. But if you do decide, like I'm showing you what, what happens when you do certain things. So many people press this build button and they don't look at anything and they just, the optimizer told me, right? Right, that's what they do. They build, they build a bunch of lineups and they, they enter it and they go, oh, why do I have, why do I have, why, why do I have, why do I have 23% Omar Nevarez? Optimizer told me. Like, no, you told it. You told it, right? Mathematically, you told it. If you didn't want that, you should intervene in some way and know that when you intervene, what else, what will now happen because of that intervenement, right? It's like like uh, like at the arcade with the the hedgehogs or whatever. What, what what's the name of that game? The ding ding ding! You knock them in the head. You do one thing and another thing pops up over here. Okay, well if I did this and then oh. oh. I try to keep water in the thing, like it goes up here, it goes up there. The cause and effect of the things that you do. Oh, well, I don't want to play any of the high price pitchers. Well, then you're not going to get, you're not going to get cheap stacks anymore, right? How does it affect roster construction? What you do in a tool like Lineup HQ, which you can get as a premium member of Roto Grinders. Click on the link in the description. Get uh, $10 off your first month. Premium single sport or or combo, which is all the sports. NHL, playoffs, NBA, right? We got that. We got uh, golf, MMA. You've got tons of stuff. Samuel Johnson, how many hours do you usually spend on an MLB slate like today running everything? 20 minutes? I don't spend much time. I don't, I, I'm not even going to start building. I will. I will not even start building lineups until all the lineups are even in. Six. I mean, what? This today's slate's at what? Seven. I won't start building lineups until what? Six. Six twenty. Six four. Something. Something like that. I mean, obviously, I look at projection. I'm okay in the morning, like what I do on this show. I still look at. Oh, okay. Who seems to be projected? Well, what's the what's the overview of the slate? Oh, okay. It looks oh, what's the what's the weather gonna be like at Wrigley? Is the wind blowing out? Maybe. You know, like that type of stuff. But then other than that, I don't look at anything until like six o'clock. 
I see the lineups come out. I go, oh, that guy's not in the lineup. Oh, okay. Taylor Ward's batting eighth, not first. Okay, obviously his projection's going to go down. You know, like stuff like that. I ain't building anything an hour before lock. Most of, most of the time, I'm not even setting the stacks or anything until like 15 minutes before lock. And doing all these iterations, whatever I can do this, I can do this in 10 minutes. Jason Diaz, with all the cheap point per dollar players, would you consider lineups excluding all of those players that instead going totally balanced or plus EV lineups possible with those restrictions? It could be. There's no set rules. Oh, every day I'm going to go in and X those guys out. No, you can still play those guys. Just understand that the higher point per dollar value, it's just a me, it's a median. So they don't, they don't make them, they're not the best plays. They're the best plays for median. And they tend to they tend to go over-owned. And the less of them they are, the more condensed the ownership gets. So, like on a slate like today, maybe none of those cheapies gets gets double-digit ownership. And it's like, okay, well, then you can play any of them. No, it's overall. Now, Kiki Hernandez today may be overall because he's second base eligible and it looks like second baseman is, is kind of a wasteland. Can you X him out and play so? Yeah, you can. Or you could be, you just be cognizant of the lineups that you're playing. People want these rules of like, well, it, if I just did this and just ran it and did that every day, like it doesn't work that way. Maybe Kiki Hernandez only ends up being 16% owned instead of 42% owned. Is he efficiently owned? Maybe at 16 is too low owned. He's 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 chalky, but he's still under owned. Maybe he should be playing as a one-off more than that. Really, it all depends on what other people are going to do. Right, Michael Dampier. Anecdote: My internet went out at noon, and I had 150 lineups. My internet came back on at 6:50 p.m. Based primarily on this 11 a.m. show, I easily made 150 lineups in 15 minutes. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I did. I played 150 lineups on FanDuel yesterday. Took me, what, 10 minutes to do? To do to, to the point in which, the, okay, these are the lineups. That I made some choices. I made some, I, 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 I looked at uh, who am I playing more of and less of and whatever. Make a couple of these, uh, maybe five or six build iterations. And I'm good. Upload. Done. Done. Doesn't take that long. Really doesn't. Once you decide what it is you want to do, there's only so many choices. I'm not going through going, should I play this guy or this guy? I'm, I'm never doing that. Should I play this uh, X versus Y, 2v2s? I, I, I don't, DFS isn't played that way. Should I play this? I, I have projections. Like, what, what, I don't need to make player comparisons. It's more the fact of I'm, I'm, I'm devising a strategy, going over on this under, I'm making more lineups like this, less lineups like that. This guy's going to be over-owned. This guy's going to be under-owned. This construction's going to be over-owned. This construction's going to be under-owned. And then making appropriate lineups based on that. Build plus EV lineups. The Razor Chalk. How do I play him? Well, I don't want to X out Meadows. He's the best projected batter. But maybe maybe if, he, if he's going to be 30% owned on a 14-game slate, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have him in half my lineups. Maybe I, sh- maybe I have a cleaner path to first place with him failing. But I can still play him in lineups that are totally contrarian. Meadows as a one-off in a, you know, weird Tigers lineup. Okay, well, if the Tigers went off yesterday, I would be glad that I had Meadows 27 points in it rather than X him out completely. 
Chad Lucknanian, when you start building, do you repeatedly refresh with projections or do you do it once before final build or not at all? Well, the projections aren't going to change that much once pretty much all the lineups are in. That's why I don't build until sick bed, until a half an hour, an hour before lock. Need the lineups in. Yes, if Taylor Ward leads off versus bats eighth, it's going to affect his projection. I'm going to need that Angels lineup. That's going to matter. But I'm not I'm not building at three o'clock. With half the most most of the lineups not in. What's the point? It may not stay that way. The whole dynamic may change. Who knows? That's why. That's I mean, I do the same thing in NBA. Look at NBA. Projections can change like it is two minutes before lock. So I mean, like. Some guy's in, some guy's out, some guy, this guy's sitting, who knows? How are you building lineups at one o'clock in the afternoon? I I don't know how you do that. You're building with less information than what you'd have five hours from now. I want the most amount of information that I can before making decisions. Hence why, why do you think I don't go over stuff that much for today's slate on this show? We have no lineups. We could look at, okay, this is what's predicted lineups, right? This is what it looks like. It looks like this is what the order may be today. Could be, possibly. One thing changes, and then you could throw away the entire show. That's why we talk about strategy, tools. Answer your questions. Right, ownership changes, right? Chandler Cowden says owner. Right. Oh, this guy's not in. All that, that takes away all this owner. Where does it go? Where is it going? We don't know. Right. You either have to figure that out yourself or you have ownership projections, which we do have at Roto Grinders. Click on the link in the description to get $10 off your first month. Hit that, uh, hit the, hit the thumbs up button when you're way out the door for keeping the apple juice cold this morning. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got uh, Grinders live later today. Tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, the show will not be on. Uh, we're doing. I, I think it should, it, it'll there'll be something. I think at eleven thirty, we're doing a free crunch time or grinders something. Roth is on tomorrow on YouTube, so it was eleven thirty tomorrow, I believe, because we have an early slate. I think we have like a four game early slate tomorrow for MLB. That's like twelve thirty or something. So I'll be on. It'll be me, Grant, and Roth. Uh, and that'll be that'll be tomorrow. So at eleven, I believe eleven. That's what it says on the schedule. 11.30 tomorrow. And then Friday will be back to back to normal. Because we have these these Thursday, like we anytime there's a weird early slate, this show gets preemptive, but I'm on the show that gets preemptive. Right? So I'll still be with you. I'll still be with you as I always am. Monday through Friday, most Monday through Fridays at at 11 o'clock Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.